Welcome to Austinites. I'm your host, Frank Garza, and today I'm talking with Alicia Lani, who is another one of Austin's beloved local musicians. Alicia has three new singles out this year, and we talk about the genesis of those songs and about the creative process behind her music in general. She's known for writing especially personal songs that touch on various things happening in her life. We also talk about her time with Project ATX6, which is an organization that selects six Austin musicians. And these musicians travel together, they live together, and perform together at international music festivals. And Project ATX6 documents the whole thing. She got to travel around the world as part of that project, and she shares a few of her favorite memories from the trip. You'll get to hear what she thought about ramen in Japan and riding elephants in Thailand. We also talk about how that project got interrupted by COVID and the impact that's had on her life and music. It was a really fun conversation with Alicia. There's lots of laughs. She says what's on her mind and doesn't have much of a filter. And so it was just a really fun and real conversation to be a part of. And I think you're going to love it. So with that, here's Alicia Lani. Alicia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having. <laughs> so um, I have to start with Missouri uh, because I'm from the Kansas City area, and it's not it's not very often I eat I meet a fellow Missourian. Oh man! Um, <laughs> so tell me, where are you? Um, where are you from in Missouri? Um, how long did you live there? And and what do you what do you remember about about your time there? Well, I was born in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I lived there till I was about three and a half, four. And then I moved out here to Austin. <laughs> so uh, I, I just mainly remember family, you know? And that's really what I go back to visit anyway. I go back and visit frequently. The last time I went was this summer. I went to go visit my family. Yeah, who, uh, which, which parts of your family still live back there? Um, like basically almost everybody, like even on my mom's side, um, on my dad's side, both sides. Um, I have mainly all my families in Kansas city, but I have, uh, my roots are from Springfield, like my grandpa. Uh, and I have some cousins out there, my brothers in Springfield and then like my grandma, uncles, everybody else and cousins, they all live in Kansas city. <laughs> Nice. So I actually have lived in Springfield for about eight months of my life, um, back when I was like 20. And uh, I had an internship there. So for eight months, I lived there. I loved it. Um, I think it's one of those those towns that, uh, you know, it's not a giant town, mm -hmm. but um, there's still plenty to do but it still kind of has that, that small town feel. So I thought it was a really cool, really cool city, but I haven't been back there in a long time. Yeah. It really hasn't changed much. It's grown a little bit, but I don't feel like it's changed much. <laughs> Excellent. Well, it's nice to, nice to be with a fellow Missourian. Uh, right. right. <laughs> so the next thing I wanted to, um, 
ask you about is Project ATX-6. Uh, I know that's something that you were involved in uh, this year, and it sounds like you got to do some really fun travel um, and some cool live performances around the world with that. Can you first just tell me what is Project ATX-6 and, and what were some of the, the cool things you got to be involved in by, by being part of it? It's a nonprofit organization here based in Austin that uh, recruits Austin ambassadors, meaning musicians, to, to basically, um, basically represent Austin, Texas, you know, and uh, be able to have these awesome opportunities to be able to, to build and uh, travel and, and perform in different places and, and see different faces. Like it, it was amazing to be a part of that. Amazing to be a part of it. It was like something I've been wanting to do for a while. And uh, it was presented in that opportunity. And I was so down for it because I, I don't mind meeting new people. Um, I'm real cool about like, you know, learning other people and being able to learn other people's music and, you know, um, perform together. So it was really dope to be able to bond with different musicians from different genres and, you know, and everything like that. So it was really dope. Like, I love the traveling. Everybody was nice. They're still nice. I saw them like a month ago. We did like some um, live performance stuff, some stream stuff for KUTX. So that should be coming soon. So you guys um, traveled together, performed together. Were you guys like living together in like a we were hotel? Bunking or together. You were bunking together. Yeah, like mainly it would be like, you know, girls, you know, and guys, you know, if anything else failed. But yeah, we bunked together. You know, um, like when we stayed in Japan, we had to pair off. And, you know, when we stayed at any other places, it'd be like, oh, one big hostel room for the ladies and one big hostel room for the guys or stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, where did you go in, in Japan? And can, can you tell me what you thought about it? I can't remember exactly where I was in Japan because I know we were far kind of out of Tokyo. So when we, we had rode the subway for an hour and a half to just to hit the city and it wasn't even in the city, in the city. It was like where all these shopping malls and, and shit. It was just, I didn't have enough bread, okay? Like I was not prepared <laughs> for that stop. They didn't, they didn't specify the... The area, but it was great because I ran with uh, Jonathan. He's one of the six. He, uh, we had went on a ramen binge. Like we went and tried all these different ramens. That's what we did the night we were in Japan. It was like one night. Like I said, it took an hour and a half to even get near the city, and then we got to a nice, like decent place. I can't really remember. I just know it was a lot of high fashion malls, like shops. It was. It felt like New York. Like it was really dope. And then there'd be like these underground mom and pop like eateries and shit. Like it was really dope. So we went over and we tried like three or four different ramens, but the last ramen was like every the first ramen was terrible. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, like we were like what okay. was so terrible about it? <laughs> it just was so tourist. It was not it wasn't like, you know, like authentic. You know what I'm saying? We didn't like it. It just the broth, everything about it. We didn't even finish the bowl. We were just like, mm, let's go. And like, we went to a different place and then a different place. And then we started having, oh, I started having drinks. He doesn't drink. I started having like, like a beer or two. And then uh, we stopped at a bar and the bar was like all Irish. And I love Jameson. I was like. <laughs> that's why I'm you like, started. That's why you started loving the ramen over time. 
You started, yeah, you started having like, a few drinks in you. You're like, yeah, this, this tastes great. Yeah, we need a drink. <laughs> we need a drink like break. So we went there and uh, I had like a cool, like a Jameson and ginger beer with mint or whatever. Like I just had something simple. And then we went back out there and then they have like these cool vitamin machines. And like, you, if you order a coffee, it comes out warm, like a warm can. Like Whoa. it's so dope. Yeah. I've heard about yeah. that before. I know. I was like, man, I need a coffee. I ain't trying to sleep tonight. And I don't really <laughs> drink coffee. <laughs> so coffee will do it for me, you know? I ordered the coffee and I grabbed it. I was like, bro, it's hot, but it's not too hot for me to hold. He was like, what? I was like, yo, this is warm coffee. And I just opened it and chugged it. I was like, this is so dope. That yeah. is... That, that I've never heard about that before. That's it was interesting. so convenient. Everything was just convenient. Like everything was so cool. Like the food was overtime great. We found the great underground spot. Literally, it was underground. <laughs> and it was so good. The ramen was good. We had dumplings. Like it was so good. It was good. What are what are some of the where are some of the other places that you guys um went went together? Well, the first place we ever went to was Toronto. Toronto was interesting. Um, I was excited. I watched Scott Pilgrim before I left. So excited. And uh it was really cold. Like it, it it wasn't supposed to snow yet, and it was snow. And I didn't bring no snow boots, so I had to go thrift and find some <laughs> boots while I was out there. <laughs> and the locals were like, Yeah, it wasn't supposed to snow yet. Like, yeah, you know, I was like, Oh man, I was not prepared. But it was cool. We went up there to perform for Indie Week. We did three shows. We did a show in a in like a bar in town, and then we went kind of out of town to this brewery in Hamilton. I think it's Hamilton. And then we went there to perform, and then we came back into town for like the actual shows that we were doing with CP Baby and everything for the Indie Week of Canada. And it was really dope. Um, it was super fun. Like I said, it was cool though. <laughs> so our next trip, I couldn't wait, <laughs> which was. Thailand. <laughs> nice. Tell me about Thailand. Thailand was amazing. Thailand was so dope. Like, I can't even put into words. Like, it was just, it was so warm. It was hot. I'm a Texan, so I could deal with it. I was like, hey, I'm okay with this because Canada was cold, you know? But um, and he, he told me, you know, for us, we had to pack light. I'm like, how are we just to pack light? And it's cold in Canada. So I really was able to pack light on this trip. <laughs> and uh, it was really dope. Like um, before we even came, I definitely made plans to want to see the elephants. So we added that to the itinerary. That was really dope. Uh, so like a lot of us went to go hang out with elephants for half a day. We just literally just went out and just kind of just ventured out. It was just so awesome. Like the food, the food, I was eating like six times a day. Like it was so good and fresh and they don't over like stuff you. They give you normal sizes, like portions. <laughs> and I'm such an American and bad, bad, bad enough a Texan. I want everything to be bigger. <laughs> so I'm always eating. I'm always eating. I'm like, I'm going back to that restaurant. Hungry, <laughs> like, but it was really dope. Like, fresh uh, coconut water a day. Like, I was getting the whole coconut. It was just so good. I didn't want to leave. I swear, if I had my kid, we, I probably wouldn't be back. Right. <laughs> and I met a lot of Americans. Like, yeah, I just never came back. <laughs> I was like, I don't blame you. I do not blame you. But uh, we definitely we performed at Seven Pounds there. 
we had two shows. I think we had two or three shows. Yeah, we had. Yeah, we did. We had uh, seven pounds, and then we did one night of the festival that was really like low key and acoustic. And then the, our other show at the festival was like big main stage ordeal. That sh- that that festival was so crazy. I felt like I was at Woodstock, like for real. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna spill some tea. Like it was like everything you would see at a festival. You know what I'm saying? That every everything that we were warned, like, hey, you'll get the death penalty for. Don't do this. Everybody was doing it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. So what is what is one of the things you were warned about? Not doing or you'll get the death penalty. Like having marijuana and stuff. And oh. vape pens, <laughs> like vape pens and stuff. You know, like stuff like that. Like even just nicotine vape pens, like like just regular vapes, you know, like it's just so prohibited. So like not you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody was vaping. Everybody was dropping stuff, everything, like I was like, and they offered, I was like, no, first off, I'm far, far from home. <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I'll be the lucky one, the lucky winner. No, thank you. <laughs> but it was that's probably, that's probably a smart call. It's probably a smart call right there. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay with my friends, you know, appreciate it. <laughs> but it was so fun. Like everybody was so nice. We met these these girls from Vietnam that was come that came to visit for the festival and like you can camp at the festival too so they had camping grounds like in the back of the jungle like it's so dope but the party never ended we go back to our little like our place where we're staying on the grounds of the festival we have our own like little like little housing kind of area like a resort near mm-hmm. so all the artists stayed in this resortish like thing it was really nice at a pool bar everything the food everything the coffee i'm not even a coffee drinker i only drink coffee when i travel it's so good <laughs> sounds but, like uh, asia won you over for the coffee the uh, uh no the, like, the canned coffee in japan this coffee in thailand i know i was just like whatever i, I just like coffee when i travel because i want to stay up you know so um i really don't drink it any time else unless someone offers it to me and i'll just be like sure but um they just partied all night long. Are oh, you heard all night long? It's all night long, all night long. And I wake up in the middle of the night like, oh my god, I just want to sleep. <laughs> How come you didn't join them? Oh, I'm about my sleep. <laughs> I don't play about my sleep. I did join them, you know, like before and after the set you know and everything like we were out there all night drinking and everything it was come to a point where i was like okay i gotta get back like you know what i'm saying i gotta you know yeah, do my yeah. ritual and go to Relax. bed you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it was just all night like duh. and plus i knew like i was known on that trip as the nap queen like period like i'm the sleep queen like the sleep queen period like i got my sleep whenever wherever however and people were like, how are you? Like the first, our first show, everybody was tired. Everybody was beat. Like from the travels, all the flights. And then we had to shuttle from like uh, Bangkok to Chiang Mai. Like it was just like a lot of traveling. Like it was just terrible. It was, it was kind of rough. It was pretty rough. But I slept. <laughs> are you one Are you one of these people that can take a nap any yeah. time, any place, fall asleep and like? 30 seconds I slept and you're in the out. back of a caravan leaving the, the, the elephant place. 
And this wow. man was driving like a bat out of hell. Like, <laughs> uh, Chris was getting sick, car sick. I'm over here like this, <laughs> holding my hand on the rail like this and using my hand, my arm as like a resting pad. Like They're like, how are you sleeping? They got so many pictures of me sleep in, in weird places. So what 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 was the uh, what time frame were you in Thailand? I was in Thailand the end of January to the beginning of February. So was um, I mean I know like COVID was 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 you know pretty intense um, through large parts of like Asia at this time. Was that what was going on with COVID in Thailand when you were there? Was it was it there intense? Was like were you worried about it? One case. <laughs> Just one case. Oh, there was wow. one case in Thailand when we got there. You know what I'm saying? And when we left, I'm sure there was like, I think when we left, there's like three or four. Okay. And uh, no lie, like on the way home, I saw someone in the airport, nowhere I was sitting because I sit far away. Plus we were wearing our masks. I didn't even know about COVID until like two weeks before we were leaving. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what's that? I don't watch the news. What's that? <laughs> and this is sad as hell. I just don't watch it. I figured I'll hear about it online, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. So they're like, oh, yeah, it's this thing. You know, they're saying it's this, uh, you know, this disease. It's uh, from that to whatever. Like, oh, okay, well, we'll just be safe. I'm getting on this plane. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going. So, like, it wasn't that bad. But the, when we were leaving on the way out, we saw someone, like, being real sick, like, really sick. And we were jumping on the plane going home. And I was like, I'm just going to keep walking on the plane. I don't know, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I've made it this long. I had a beautiful trip. Like Bangkok, we stayed in Bangkok and I in Japan on the way home. Like we had more stops and stayed places. But it was really dope. But yeah, like we were just very cautious. We just wore a mask and we kept our, our hands clean and stuff, you know. Did, I wasn't did really the, scared at all. I wasn't. Yeah. Did the trip? Did your did so? Did the ATX six project um, and or that trip get canceled or put on hold at some point because of because of COVID? Yeah, we were supposed to go to uh, England. We were supposed to go to England in May and do the Great Escape Festival. I actually had a so far London show out there because they they found out I was coming and. Everything, all that got canceled. Yeah. Oh, sad. That was like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to the UK because I had a lot of my listeners are from the UK too. I was like, I have more of my fan base out there. Can't wait, you know? But yeah, maybe next time. Yeah. So you, so then that gets postponed. Uh, you, you're coming back to Austin. Um, now we go into, uh, like the quarantine life, uh, here in Austin. And, um, yeah, I actually had a show in New York and I took a little weekend vacation in New Orleans before everything shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it, yeah, it kind of, it kind of happened Thailand, so fast. It kind of happened yeah, so fast. Cause when I came back from Thailand. I had a show in New, New York, the end of February, like February 20 something. And I was like, I'm still going. <laughs> this is my first time going to New York ever. And it's because it's I have a show. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yellow, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. And so what, how, how'd that go? 
It went great. I kept it safe. I wore my mask and everything. And I did not touch none of the rails in the subway. <laughs> I didn't touch. We were like this, me and my friend. We, <laughs> we did not touch none because, you know, with the COVID and everything. Okay. But New York's nasty, period. We've heard the stories. We're from the South. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard all the horror <laughs> stories. <laughs> so I was like not touching none of the rails or none of that. But um, it was great. Like, it was fun. I had a show at the Rockwood Music Hall. It was amazing. They were like, we want to come have you back. And then, you know, go with it. But uh, it was a really great show. Really great show. I had people come out. Like, I invited people out. And it was really dope. Really dope. I had a good time in New York. And I knew something was going on. Because when I came, when I was going back home, the airport was, like, empty. And I mean, like, my flight was, like, around 10. Like it was empty, and I'm like, and granted, I was hungover. Like I read, I rode the subway from Harlem all the way to JFK, hungover because I just was. I was like, my show's done. Turn up. Like I finally can be bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got my work done. I was being good the whole trip, and then once I had my show, I was like, all right, cool. I can be bad. I got what I need to get done, and uh, so I got. I was really hungover. Rode the subway all the way across New York to JFK, get there. And I'm like, luckily, I'm the last cabin to board. So I'm just like, I just go into the line. But the whole way there, I'm like, ain't nobody here. No, It was like ghost town. It was so mm -hmm. weird. And I'm like, okay, what I see in movies, JFK be like popping. <laughs> JFK be busy, like busy. But it was not busy at all. I was like, yeah, let me go home. And then I came home and then I went to New Orleans because I was like, oh, man, South by's coming. Let me just get a chill weekend of decompression in New Orleans. Because for me, like, I love the busyness, but it takes a lot out of me. Like, all the energies that I meet, all the conversations, all the communicating. I'm more, I'm more to myself more than anything. So like when I have to work, it's 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 like a lot, you know, because I'm always having to converse and and it's it's cool. I love to converse, but it'd be like, oh my god, I've met so many like motherfuckers today, <laughs> you know, saying type thing. Like, oh my god, I'm drained. <laughs> yeah. So That's do you consider yourself an introvert? I'm in the middle because I know how to be an introvert, but I'm very much so prefer to be an introvert for sure. Real like homie. I was reading an uh, article from an interview you did in the Austin Chronicle um, in June where they were asking you about quarantine life. And um, I think you, and you just kind of touched on, on this as well, how you value like being alone sometimes and your solidarity. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to read you a quote here from the article that, that struck me. It said, uh, I am personally a hermit. I like to be alone. I like to be secluded and creative. So for me, this quarantine has been kind of like heaven create creatively. So um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about that. Is you know that was back in June. Now we're in October. Um, are you still enjoying the uh, hermit life of uh, quarantine? Or are you kind of like getting antsy and wanting to get out? And then can you talk about what you've been able to do creatively with, with all the time you've had at home? I've been, I've been on both. Cause I do like 
like I do get out, you know, and go like run in the sun or do stuff like that. But I do miss performing. I miss there's only certain things I miss. But overall, I love being at home. <laughs> I love being at home, being able to create, you know, my my daughter, she's doing her virtual learning at home. You know, we made a, a you know, we talked about it maybe after Christmas. We'll see how we feel about it. But I'm pretty kind of like, mm, you know, but I, I make sure she has her social life too, you know, when she's not in school. But um, overall, I like it. But I don't feel like Texas is in quarantine anymore. I think it's more of a personal choice now. It's more of a personal uh, path, if you want to, as you will, you know, just as before. You know, uh, we could have been doing this. <laughs> we could have been wearing masks. We could have been, uh, you know, respecting each other's spaces. That's all my thing. Like, that's why I fucks with the quarantine. That's why I fucks with this. Because it's like, even to this day, people don't. Like, I had to cut somebody out or, like, more or less tell them, like, can you really back up? Because this person was right like this at me in the airport coming home the other day. I went to L.A. and came back home from L.A. I turned around this big, tall man right on me like this. And I'm like, sir, six feet. Six feet. How did he respond? And he just smacked his lips and stood got back you standing up on my ass is not gonna make the move the, the line go quicker yeah i want to drink too i just got to the airport too <laughs> damn it <laughs> jeez even yeah. at the store i'm like i'm really for the six feet like i'm i really like personal space i don't like um uh, like ACL, I've never been to ACL until I was on the bill because I don't like crowds. <laughs> like I don't like crowds. I can't. I can't do people all up on me. You know, like all up on me. I don't. I like my space. Well, I wanted to. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, creative process and and some of your new music that's that's been coming out. Because um, I've read about you know how you've put some of your albums together over the years. I've heard it described in some ways as a, as a diary type approach where you're just really just writing music and laying stuff out there. That's, that's deeply personal to you issues going on, you know, with your life relationship issues. Um, you've written about alcoholism, you've written about temptations, you've, you've, you've written about a lot of like, you know, very personal, very personal things. Why, why is that, you know, so important or why has that been like so important to you? And, and is that still how you uh, like to write your music? Cause it's important to me to be honest. I'm an honest person. And uh, if I can, if I can be honest with myself, I can be honest with people that invest their time and listening to me or supporting me or showing up to my shows, buying my merch, you know what I'm saying? Like, and letting them know, like, you're not the only, you know, I'm not the only one, Neither are you that go through stuff like this. I don't, I'm not famous. I don't have money. I don't know what it's like to buy bottles at the bar. That's just too expensive. I write about shit that, that actually pertains to me or pertains to someone that I love or, you know, someone that, you know, that's been through something that I'm, I'm just helping them get through or, you know, vice versa, just stuff that you really deal with and uh, stuff that I was dealing with that, 
you know, that's how I, you know, yeah, I can go work out and blow some steam off, but to really like put some, some shit behind you, people have their own, you know, method to their madness and mine is just music, you know, and uh, it feels good to do it. And it feels good that people recognize it. Like you even mentioned alcoholism. A lot of people don't even know that song is about alcoholism. They think it's just me talking current, you know, just about a relationship. Like, nah, it's about a real life problem that people have, you know, that people deal with on a, that first decades that we've been dealing with through family, foes, friends, spouses, whatever. And uh, that's why I love J. Cole, because, like, he be talking about that, too. Not a lot of people talk about the the real shit. So there's, like, certain people that I really, like, salute to, you know? You know? Because so, he made me feel like, I ain't, I know I ain't alone in this. I, I knew I wasn't tripping, you know? When you hear stuff like that, not nobody really sing about stuff like that. It's sad. But it's real. It's real and it ruins lives. Yeah. Can you, um, so that song in particular about alcoholism is, is you changed, um, uh, you know, please correct me if, if that's, if that's not, if my notes aren't accurate, but I think I believe it's you changed. Can you talk yeah. about the genesis of that song and, and how that song came together? It came together from my previous relationship. I was in, um, he just was very dependent on it. And uh, it was just something I saw in my family, too, like in my dad and uh, and on my dad's side of the family, you know, with alcoholism and stuff. It just they they not they self, you know, and we know that, you know, when someone we could tell the difference when somebody's having a good time or when someone is just completely dependent on something, you know, and how they how they perceive it and how they treat others and how they what comes out of them from it, you know. So it was just really about that, like having to deal with someone dealing with that, but having to stick by their side and be there for them. But it's just like a struggle because it's like they don't want the help, but then they want the help. They don't want the help, then they want the help. But it's like, I can't help you unless you want to help yourself kind of thing. So that's where that's where that song stemmed out of. It was just kind of like, you know, you, you used to be one way and now you just kind of just got sucked in into your advice. And now it's like, you're just all over the place. And I, there's nothing much I can really do for you at this point kind of thing. Have you ever, um, have you ever put out a song that's really personal and you published it and you're like, Oh man, uh, I wish I went to put that out there. That whole, that whole <laughs> album, like that, all of that. I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, we'll see how, what happens. <laughs> so what happened? You, nothing really changed. Like, you know, if people had their opinions, they had their opinions, but it, nothing changed in my book. I feel like it made me grow as an artist and as a person and as an adult, as a woman, as a human being. You know, I didn't put my shit out on Facebook, <laughs> you know, like I didn't a very artistic, very mindful, very, um, you know, relatable way. So uh, it made me feel great. I felt like it was kind of like a therapy thing for me. You know, that's what music is for me. So it better, <laughs> better be fixing me. 
So you've, um, I've seen you've come out with several, you know, singles, uh, this year, uh, love you IDFWU and, and, you know, what you know about it. Um, those songs, are there, um, any real personal stories in, in those, or can you, can you, can you maybe talk about a few of them and, and, and how they came together and what they're about? Yeah. Uh, I can never get the acronym right. So I'm just saying, I don't fuck with you. That song. <laughs> <laughs> that song was, uh, it was like, it was needed because, you know, I just turned 31, but at that time I was turning 30. And um, I always was told as a kid, like when I was a, a, a you know, a little young lady by my mother and my grandmother, by just older ladies in my family that, you know, there's come a time when your light bulb comes on and, you know, all this stuff comes on and you just, you just kind of level up and you get in your prime, you know? And so I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm hitting that because I'm just ready to get rid of a lot of motherfuckers in my life right now that does not do nothing for me. It's just, it was just, it was time to spring clean. And uh, so I was on a hunt to do that. And I was, I was just doing that. And then my relationship was like the last straw that that did it so like a lot of people thought it was about that but it really wasn't i had just cut a lot of people i was just speaking in generally like you know if they if you know if they're not doing nothing for you and vice versa mentally spiritually not even just in in, in gifts or anything you know what i'm saying it, you know people grow out of each other it's time to move around make more room for more peace more more get your chakras in line and more uh, more good vibes, you know, more people that's on your, on your, on your level or people that's, that understand you better, uh, make room for better relationships and, you know, things like that. So that's what that song was really about. I liked it cause it's super jazzy and it's kind of just like, but I don't fuck with you though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm good. You know, things happen, things change, you know, but you know, it is what it is. We don't hang out. That's cool. My feelings ain't hurt, but just make sure you make room. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just go and do your thing so I can do mine kind of thing. Just a real right. chill. You know? Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned turning 30 and um, I've read several, several interviews with you um, where you mention, I'm going to read one of them. Uh, I have been wanting to be in my thirties since high school. And, and I've read several kind of comments about that, that since you were a teenager, you've kind of looked at this age of 30 and wanted to be there. Why, why is that? I don't know why. I just felt like I would be in my best life at by 30, you know, like, you know, you've, you've handled up, you've made your mistakes, you know, you got, you got, you know, on money or life and finances, relationships, learning and uh, cohabitating in different climates and different you know situations and just by the time you're 30 you should have somewhat of a grip on your life and having somewhat more fun than having to go through things even though you're gonna always go through things no matter what but I just felt like 30 was just that golden year where I was like oh I'm gonna be fine my money gonna be good life gonna be sweet I'll be happy and I am so <laughs> that's good you had a good attitude know. about it I yeah. think I think I think a lot of people like me included. I had uh, I was kind of that year when I turned twenty nine. 
I was like, oh man, the countdown has begun to 30. And it was this really ominous thing that I wasn't looking forward to. But then 30 was my best year. Uh, then 31 was my best year. And really every year since 30 has been my best year, you know? And so, so I, I kind of dreaded it, but, but yeah, yeah. You I were wise. beyond my years. I already yeah. knew. I was like, I want to be 30. <laughs> like literally the, I wasn't 13 going on 30. I wasn't like that. I was in high school, but I was just like, I was just so mature. Like freshman, I hung out with all the seniors. Like everybody thought I was a, a sophomore or junior. I was like, no, I'm a freshman. <laughs> when I was sixth grade, I hung out with eighth graders. Hung out with my mom's friends. Like I just always been an old soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an old soul for real. So like I cannot wait till I was 30. I was like, yeah, everything's gonna be good. Yeah, I get to travel, I get to live life, you know, like, and that's what I'm doing, doing what I want. I get to sing, I'm doing what I love. I have a beautiful kid, she's smart as hell. I travel with some independent women up over her. (laughs) (laughs) How old is your daughter? She's turning 10 next month. 10, wow. Yeah, we some grown asses over here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So when you were um, when you were a teenager, were you already singing a lot? Did you already know that you wanted to be a musician and a singer when I you grew up? I was writing or? and singing a lot. I used to like admire the, the radio. You know, that was when the radio was good. You know, yeah. like, um, and I loved how the DJ would curate music. I wanted to be a radio disc jockey so bad. And then I just started writing music. And then I was like, oh, okay, well, I can do more than that. And then I just started going from there. Like, I just started singing. Like, as as soon as I was old enough to do talent shows in elementary school, which was third grade, I was singing songs, dancing every year. I was in the pep rally every, every time, doing some kind of dancing or stepping or singing. Like, I was always just in some kind of spotlight. I was just always, not that I had to be seen. I just loved the art of performing, uh, of being able to express self-expression and dance and, and singing and, and and stuff like that. I really wasn't, um, I was kind of popular, but I was really the nice girl. So I was always talked over. I was, uh, you know, the little light-skinned mixed girl with curly hair. And I, I grew up in a very urban area which it was predominantly black. So, you know, they were like, oh, you know, I was kind of really talked over and things like that. But I always grabbed attention whenever I was dancing or singing or anything like that. So that's kind of really not why I kept up with it, but I just kind of just found my voice, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and ever since then, I just got more sassy, more blunt. <laughs> time went on you know but uh ain't nothing wrong with that that's why y'all love me though (laughs) it's true it's true i like it (laughs) but yeah that's just that's what that is like i just always wanted to sing like i always i played sports i did everything i tried it all like i was a kid that was very open to trying anything you know but i always stuck with singing and dancing like all the slam books everybody'd be like alicia's gonna be famous for singing you know, or dancing. So it's cool when they're they were right. I, I, I'm not famous yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
you know, it's cool. And I see them now and they're like, you still singing? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, man, that's so dope, you know, that I kept up with, you know, what I wanted to do with myself. You know, it's really cool. And I get to show my daughter that. I get to show her that you can do whatever you want to do. You can be your own boss. You're not, you don't have to go to school, get a boss, get a job and be someone else's employee. Like it's, that's not, you don't have to grow up and be married and, you know, like just do you, like do what makes you happy. We're in a life where life is too short. You know how many entrepreneurs were created during this pandemic? Including her, you know, before the pandemic hit, she wanted to do her own little businesses and stuff. So I was like, do it, honey. Do it. That's cool. What kind of businesses is she doing? She is in the lip gloss business. She makes wow. an all vegan, organic, gluten-free, coconut-free too, because some vegans are allergic to coconut, which is unfortunate, lip gloss. And it's really... Wow. Huh? And it's not... Oh, she said it's not sticky either. Oh, nice. Because it's no sugar in it. <laughs> That's amazing. Is she is she a singer? No, she she can sing. She's very creative. She likes vlogging. She likes cr- doing DIY stuff. She likes music, too. She likes making beats and stuff. She likes putting together sounds and stuff. She really wants to be a drummer. She has a guitar she would not touch, but she wants to play drums. So I'm trying to get her to play the guitar first. Yeah, like that. Nice. <laughs> well that's exciting well congratulations to her for starting 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 a business at such such a young such a young age it took me until i was geez well into my 30s before really i had the courage hard. before i had the, before i had the courage to um kind of try my own thing you know and do my own thing so so that's amazing that she has such an early start on it yes i know me too i'm happy for her and uh, yeah, it took me the same, you know, especially with music, you never, it's not that you just jump in and it's like, ah, you know, you got to make a living, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I applaud her and I just want to always encourage her to do whatever she feels she wants to put her mind to. And I'm always her number one investor. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So, um, so we'll wrap up here, um, in, in the next, uh, few minutes but um i wanted to ask you a few questions about austin okay uh before we go can you uh share what your austin origin story is i know you you we talked about you growing up in springfield and you eventually moved here but why did you move here and uh you know where where did you where did you live in austin when you grew up well like i said uh we moved out here when i was four so mainly all my growing up was out here but uh yeah, we moved out here when I was four. My mommy just wanted a different scene out of Missouri, you know, Kent, Springfield. You know, she she was just like, it's kind of boring. I just want a new life. So she moved out here to Texas in Austin. Her godfather lives out here, our great godfather. And um, so we moved out here when I was four. And um, we lived right, we started in Safe Place. And uh, we stayed in Safe Place for a few months. And then they helped us get on our feet. And then um, we stayed right there off Ed Bluestein in Springdale. So I, I, spe- I stayed right there. And uh, I went to Wynn Elementary. I went to Pierce. I grew up there. Got all my, my dope characteristics out there. <laughs> Over there in the east side, northeast side. And then uh, by high school, 
I had moved north and I ended up going to McNeil High School. So, yeah. And uh, growing up, I played all sports. I've played every sport you can think of, except for like lacrosse and stuff. What was the sport that you were uh, best at or enjoyed the most? I would have to say, like, I love baseball and I love basketball and I love football. I loved it all. See, I have brothers, and uh, so and I was always surrounded by guys, and I've always been kind of a tomboy. So um, I always played football with the boys or soccer. I was always into stuff like that. I wasn't even really into girly stuff when I was a kid like that. I like sports and getting dirty. Like when I was a baby, like my mom said that my uncle would pick me up with my cousins, but they were all boys, and my uncle would buy us all like you know those little boy matching sets. Yeah. And he would get me he would get me one. <laughs> Cause I'll be the only girl. He'd be like, oh well, she don't know. She a kid, you know, she don't care. <laughs> but I was always just into like playing sports and stuff because I grew up with nothing for boys. So uh, and then you know, the older I got, the girlier I got. I did a lot of singing and dancing and stuff in school and stuff like that. But uh yeah, I love living in Austin. Like I feel like I'm glad my mom moved out here than me staying in Missouri. I feel like, you know, I, I really, I'm, I'm grateful that I grew up out here. You know, I'm grateful that I was able to get the world-class Texas education and, you know, all that stuff. Because when I went back to Missouri for school, they were like, oh, wow, well, your credits are, like, really good. And you can do this and that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then when I come back from there, Texas would be like, oh, no, you have to redo these credits. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool I did have to do a little moving back and forth due to some family it, you know some family stuff going on I had to move back out to Missouri and live with my grandpa and everything which was that was interesting because my grandfather's a party and all he's not like a typical grandpa no he'll pull up to the function where's the brew where's the liquor at like my grandpa is like he is a party animal. He he's still young in his spirit, you know. So we be always kicking it <laughs> when I go up there. I always show up with a case of beer and a bottle of Martell. <laughs> I, already know what he wants. I already know what he wants. You know, he wants. I like that. And he wants his beer, you know. So he, and he be like, "Oh, I love my baby." He don't get to see me a lot because I live in Texas, but uh. We're going, but we're going to send some prayers out to him right now. He's in the hospital. He's not doing it. He's doing pretty good, but he did catch COVID and the pneumonia at the same time. So mm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I've been a little worried about him. I've uh, been making sure he's doing okay, but they've lowered his uh, oxygen assistance and he does not have a fever. And it's been a few days. He's just really weak right now, but it looks like he's going to pull through. He's a fighter. Excellent. So, he sounds, be, like he sounds yeah, like a fighter. He sounds like a fighter. When he gets better, I'm going to go back down there and see him, and I'll be pulling up with my 24K spear and his martel. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you, um, I think you already told me your neighborhood. You live in North Austin. What are uh, what are some places that you like, that you love about your neighborhood, or you, or you think that people would enjoy checking out? I love the little trail that's right here behind my apartment's. It's a trail here that leads up to Mills Pond. It's really peaceful when you like do your like little two, three, four mile run. 
And then you get to the pond and you chill out and it's real chill. And also, like, I'm near Pflugerville and there's a lot of Black-owned businesses near here. And a lot of them have been popping up. So I love to go and, you know, put put my coin back in the community and in service and everything. So it's always good to go in. And, and I'm near the daiquiris. Like, you can go in and get you a daiquiri, you know, do all that stuff. I think we have two Black-owned daiquiri businesses here up the street by my house. Paradise on Ice and Seven Degrees Below. I think that's what it's called. But yeah, we have some of those. And uh, I just really like my community. It's really awesome. It's not too far away from downtown, but it's it's great to to raise my, my kid around here and stuff. And I like the school system. I'm in Pflugerville ISD for her. So she's really uh, in a great school system as well. And they're very attentive to her and her needs. So I like my community. It's really cool. Excellent. And I'm right by the domain. The domain be lit. I like the domain. I like the the shopping and the, and the nightlife at the domain. It's real chill. So, so last question here for you. Um, I want you to picture you've you've been out of town for a while, maybe maybe on tour, maybe at ATX Six or something like mm-hmm. that, and you come back to Austin for the first time in a while. You wake up one day and you're like, "Oh man, I I missed Austin. I just I just need to have an I need to have an Austin day." today well what what is what is your perfect austin day look like to you all right i will start by having breakfast at a myers i'd probably go kayak after kayaking i'll probably go by casey's and get an ice cream a snow cone <laughs> uh, and then i don't know man i might go take a trail somewhere just do outdoor stuff like i love doing outdoor stuff here in austin and then you know probably after my outdoorsy stuff probably hang out and get with some friends you know probably get cute and just hang out with my homegirls <laughs> that's pretty much it like um i don't like do like i do austin stuff but i i've been here so long you know i just be like I, home is home for me and whatever I'm doing is cool. But I'll definitely probably be like hike doing some trailing, probably, you know, smoking joint on my banana, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, just do some like real awesome stuff. Go to juice land, you know. I go anywhere I cannot find a juice land. It sucks. When I travel, I'm like, man, I definitely want to juice. I want a juice land. And so I'll definitely have to get some juice from juice land for sure. For sure. I've never been there. I have one right by my house that I walk by all the time. I'll have to stop really? in there and try one. What's your favorite one? I like the I like getting the watermelon juice with ginger. Excellent. But it really just depends on my my feeling. And I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't even be knowing half the shit that be in some of those drinks. I ain't gonna lie. It'd be like some stuff I can't even pronounce, but it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll ask them, I'm like, what is this? And they'll tell me and they'll explain it to me. And I like doing cayenne uh cucumber. Uh, shots there's like some shots like spicy shots i'll do like some little green you know leaf green like uh lemongrass or whatever but i like doing the little spicy ones that because my allergies man you can hear them right now i probably need to go today and go get me some juice clear you up yeah clear you up i actually be making stuff at my house like i have apple cider vinegar i'll juice a few vegetables and stuff with some lemon and some dash of cayenne and just kind of take a shot of it and Clear me out. <laughs> I don't like taking medicine. I'm real holistic. 
Yeah, I don't like popping pills. I'm like, eh, they're just drying me out and making me thirsty. It just it just gives you another problem. It helps you with one problem. It gives you another one. So I like who's doing it the natural way. But that's my Austin thing. Juicing, trailing, breakfast tacos somewhere. Somewhere. Breakfast tacos anywhere. <laughs> and definitely probably hanging out with friends. That sounds like a hell of a day. Yeah. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for for taking the time to to share your story with me, and um, I've really enjoyed meeting you and hearing about it. Um, before we go, I just wanted to make sure and give you the floor to um, say anything else that you'd like, any message you want to put out to the world, any uh, if you want to direct people to um, any of your stuff online, any of your music. I just want to give you the chance to to, to say whatever you'd like. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, first off, thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate you having me after all the attempts. <laughs> <laughs> we got it done. Yeah, we did. I can get so much in my world and just be real kind of disconnected sometimes. Like I said, I'm low-key an introvert, so I get real kind of disconnected like that. So I really appreciate your patience. I do want to let everybody know that I'm hitting the scene again. I, I don't know when this will be posted, but I do have some shows coming up that people are inquiring me. So it looks like I'm hitting the scene back again. I'm really excited, uh, recording some new music. So I'll definitely have some music, hopefully by the end of this year, if not the beginning of next year coming out. Uh, I got a video coming out for what you know about it. That's my last single that I put out. So y'all go ahead and check that out as well as I don't fuck with you. I'll put that out this February, right before COVID hit. Uh, until then y'all follow me on all social media and stay connected. I like to meet new faces and new places. And uh, again, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks again, Alicia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Austinites. If you enjoyed the show, can you do us a favor and share it with a fellow Austinite? That will help us build more community, which is what we're all about here. You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcast medium is to get notified when new episodes are released.